1: And it is 2100 Eastern Time, that is 0200 Zulu. Thursday evening, we are live, lit, and ready to get loud. That's right, it is Radio Contra Sons of Liberty live in here in the virtual Green Dragon Tavern. Of course, drinks are, you call it, tonight for this guy. It is Guinness. I am drinking Guinness and enjoying it very, very much. It is kind of getting into the season for Guinness. And uh, you know we've got we've got St. Patty's Day coming up, and uh, it is the season. Tis the season for Guinness, and uh, it is most delicious in this can right here in the pint can. And I've enjoyed a few of these uh, before coming on air, uh, a couple of them, two or three of them, and uh, man, it's been a minute. It's been a minute, me and Guinness. It's it's been a minute, but uh, tis the season. Um, so, you know, uh, folks are already coming in, in the chat, of course, uh, black three in the comments saying my scotch is better. It probably is because I happen to know a little bit of insider knowledge that you're either drinking Glen Rose or you are drinking the Costco 24 year scotch that they have. That is absolutely incredible. Uh, the Kirkland brand. So I, I just want to point that out. I want to take that opportunity to point that out, that, that Glen Rose is incredible, but that scotch that they put out at Costco, the the Kirkland brand, all of their brands of liquor is really, really incredible. And Patriot Man is is no doubt going to be in here to chime in on that. Of course, here in the, uh, the, the Puritan state of North Carolina, we don't get to have uh find liquors in costco like like uh, some of the free states out there so you know our liquor laws are kind of messed up but uh anyhow anyhow without further ado uh, a little bit of the the intro so coming in here live earlier today and uh i was, was doing some work and some stuff done this was after the uh, podcast got posted up Uh, that I did earlier today, I was discussing quite a few things broke down the last chapter of Victor Suvrov's Spetsnaz, which I think is a must read. And and, And one of the things that I wanted to say in the podcast and kind of a direction that I was going, but just didn't do it because those podcasts, by the way, the solo ones, they're unscripted. I don't have any show notes, uh, I kind of just get an idea in my head and a run with it. Um, that's, that, that's the way that it goes. Here. You know, the interviews are pretty much free form as well for, you know, everybody that's on an interview with me. We talk a little bit before we get on air. Uh, you know, Joe Dolio's in the room. He can, he, he can attest to that. Risky Krisky's in the room. He can attest to that. Mad Mad's in the room. He can attest to that. We, there's no script to anything that, that I talk about. It, it's just free flowing. And so, um, you know, get on tangents, get on directions, and, and you know, it just kind of goes. And by the grace of God, it, it's been incredibly popular um, because that episode that went up earlier today has 1.2 thousand downloads in about seven hours uh, the last time that I checked it, which is huge. Uh, that is huge. That's not like YouTube or any of the video hosting services out there, Rumble or uh, BitChute or Odyssey or any of those, where if you simply click on the video, it counts as a as a hit, right? And it says X number of views. Now, that, that's how many people are actually downloading your podcast and listening to it. Uh, and so within a very short amount of time, right, Within a very short amount of time, getting that many downloads, that's incredible. And, um, you know, again, I I always want to open the show thanking the audience, thanking you guys for this growing audience despite uh, the censorship and despite them trying to cancel us and, you know, all, all of the things, right? We are still growing by leaps and bounds by every metric. And so that's really, really incredible. But one of the things that I wanted to say, about Suvrov that I didn't get to. And one of the points that I wanted to make is that Inside the Aquarium is a book that is taught in every accredited international studies course in the United States. So literally, in, in international studies, by the way, you know, a little glimpse inside of academia. International studies is kind of a feeding pool into the intelligence community. Um you you're gonna go that route, you'll go the NGO route, you'll go um, you know, the the State Department, one of those though. But you're you're gonna be working internationally and and you know you're gonna be recruited into uh various circles for for various different purposes. But the aquarium uh inside the KGB and I have a copy of it uh, sitting beside me which uh, I've got it right beside Rick Prado's book, which is uh, another great one to read from the American perspective uh, of of that era. But uh, my point is, is that these are books that are enduring. And and if Suvrov was not legitimate and there was nothing to be learned from him and he was not a person to take seriously, they would not proliferate his books and continue to do so to the level that they do at at courses that are geared towards professional instruction in US foreign policy. So taking that into account, and I can speak for for America because this is what I'm familiar with. They may do that in other schools internationally. I don't know. Uh I can't say. But I can say what I've seen, right? And I can say and and attest to specifically what I have observed. And um with that said you know it it is very very important to take these sources of information seriously and so that last chapter of Spetsnaz, we know that he's not full of shit. he is at least attesting based on what he knows to what it would look like in the opening days of world war iii on american soil And so reading an excerpt of that chapter and pointing those things out, can anyone tell me that that's not plausible? Can anyone tell me that that is not possible? Can anyone tell me that these things are not likely? Given the fact that we have a wide open, non-existent border to our South, we have Iranian nationals, Cuban nationals, Venezuelan nationals, Nicaraguan nationals, Russian nationals, chinese nationals that are all coming in in our southern border and there is no way it is statistically impossible statistically impossible that our domestic security apparatus is keeping track of even a tenth of these individuals that are coming across it's not possible folks i'm not here to put on a tinfoil hat and sound the alarm about space aliens from omicron 5 or uh the the shadow lizard people or any any other nonsense i'm telling you what is i'm telling you what is this is a very very serious matter and this is why you need to have your head screwed on straight the proper community, and, and it pains me to say this, but the, the proper community, the survivalist community, the uh, conservative libertarian communities, all of these spaces, right, that that exist, have a very serious normalcy bias around them. That they've continued to do the same things over and over again, that there's the political aspect to it, but... Um, you know, the 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 outrage porn that's out there, right? You know, your daily dose of uh the Sean Hannity's of the world or or you know, whoever else and insert names here, right? That's all outrage porn. But nothing is ever done. Folks, I'm telling you that this is all coming to a head right now. If you ever needed a reason double down on what you're doing, that third train derailment, which occurred literally right as the podcast was going up today. That ought to be your final wake-up call. That's the final snooze button before you oversleep the alarm. Hey, get up. Get up. Do something. All right? Do something. Now, that doesn't mean go out and lose your damn minds. Okay? that That's not what that means at all. When I'm saying do something, I mean double down on what you have. Check on your neighbors. Go build those bridges right? Build those relationships with the people around you. You can't control what happens in Washington, D.C., and you probably can't have that much influence on what happens in your state capital. But what happens in your county seat? Oh, yeah. Yeah, you can do something there, and you can meet like-minded people there, too. You know what? Those those are your neighbors. Those are the people who really matter. Those are the people that you really need to be doubling down on, checking on, networking with, and assessing whether or not these people are worth your time or not. And you know what? It may or may not be too late to strategically relocate as well. Now, that kind of pains me to say that, too, because I know that there's a lot of people that are on that five-year retirement plan, and they're just looking to get out and go somewhere. Hey, you know, I get it. Totally get it. But looking internationally, and we're going to be talking about a little bit of that tonight, looking internationally and looking at how things are accelerating here at home, we've got some serious days ahead of us. OK, folks, doesn't mean don't have fun, doesn't mean, you know, look at everything doom and gloom, because believe me, I'm about the opposite from that. All right. I'm over here having my best life. Why? Because I'm a best selling author. That's why. Because I can. And it's this community that has done that. All right. That That's the validation. You need to be having a good time, too. You can have a good time and be preparing. Just understand what's coming down the pipe you know just just take a sober look at how things are are ratcheting up and ask yourself this do the people in DC do they actually have a handle on things cuz i don't really think so i don't really think so um you know they they really haven't earned my respect personally because respect is earned they haven't earned it um they don't look like they're serious about uh disasters and and the things that are going on you have pete booty judge right who is whose lone qualification to be where he is is the fact that he's a gay man right whose father was a communist because it was well documented right it's well documented that's his lone qualification and his only statement to uh the the people in ohio western pa West Virginia, almost the entirety of West Virginia is, well, there's there's too many white people that that work in construction, right? Right? We've got four derailments now, four. Four in as many days. It is a statistical impossibility. I saw somebody say online, I don't know who it was, doesn't matter, said, well, you know, these things are just getting more coverage now okay these things are getting more coverage after objects are shot out of the sky in norad's entire existence we're just now shooting things out of the sky first time this has ever happened you don't think that maybe just maybe some of these things might be related when one of the former ranking generals of the gru who defected to the West. He was one of the highest, He at his time, he was the highest ranking defector during the Cold War. Wrote a book saying that this was what they were going to do. Hmm. I don't know. Me personally, I'm putting the pieces together. You know, all I can do is bring the information to you. You do with it what you will. Anyway, with that said, first on the list tonight, The man, the myth, the legend behind tactical wisdom, Mr. Joe Dolio. What's up, brother?
2: I knew you would do that right as I shoved a nacho chip in my mouth. But but anyway, this is what we do, right? We go to the bar, we get a plate of nachos. We crack open a beer tonight. It's a Stella. Yeah, I'm a bit of a beer snob. It's all right. But but I'm telling you that last uh, train derailment is literally on my street. It's about uh, three miles from my house. Um, oh. The one the one hazardous thing did not tip over, uh, and everything else on it was, uh, was grain. But the folks they have doing these things for them don't necessarily know what's on that train, right? Right. Now, this same section of track had one um, probably eight months ago, closer to the airport. And, and the thing is, this thing runs right by Detroit Metro Airport, one of the busiest airports in the country. So... It automatically should raise your threat level just a little bit. So uh, I, I agree with you wholeheartedly. Yeah, they happen and they happen fairly commonly, but the pace at which they're coming and and in conjunction with these aerial incursions that seem to keep going right over only over sensitive military sites, you, you got to open your eyes just a little bit.
1: You have to. Just a bit, man. Just yeah. a bit. I mean. Somebody in the comments, uh, Mark Center Demon is saying, you know, I'm, I'm gonna say this derailment is shocking and a usual over a thousand a year, but with all the other shit going on, it's a big issue, yeah, it is. Um, yeah. you know, classified derailment though, because when you're talking about derail, like, like, over a thousand a year is normally pretty, pretty low key, like the you know, uh, uh one car jumps the tracks, this is derailment. Um, which which is fairly common and that's not unusual, but when you combine, you know, as the guy pointed out, when you combine all the other things that are happening, you know, it's painting a mural that is not a pretty one.
2: And know? when you look at them like this one here in Michigan, they're really downplaying it. But there are twenty three cars tipped over. It's not. Yeah. It's, it's not a one or two car derailment that does happen every day in America, right? It's like you just said, it's a far bigger deal. Um, and when you combine this with the fact that on the Antifa website, it's going down. I, I know they've moved the website, but I mean, up to eight years ago, they were already talking about how to derail trains. And Antifa yeah. people keep getting arrested for it. and They don't tell you. The problem we have in America is our short memory span. So we'll get news about a train derailment and everyone will forget about it. And then three months later, three or four Antifa people will get picked up for sabotage, and nobody ever makes that connection. But it is happening with alarming regularity, at least in the Pacific Northwest, that there's a train derailment, followed by Antifa people being arrested for derailing that train. You have to open your eyes to it and be ready for it.
1: Yeah. I mean, one of their, one of their guiding texts is the Monkey Ranch Gang by Edward Abbey. And uh this is why I get a little worked up about the and, and I do mean a little worked up, not a lot of bit worked up. Some people have seen me a lot of worked up uh it's kind of rare, but it happens from time to time um but anyway, I get a little worked up when I see conservative folks right wing leading folks, you know libertarians um calling themselves anarchists. It's like uh, now. Um, you know, it's, it's not often that, that I, uh, it's, <laughs> I'm trying to think of how to, how to put this exactly to kind of let them down gently. It's, it's not that, that your, your heart's in the right, or I should say, it's not that your heart's in the wrong place. There we go. It's that you, you don't, you genuinely do not understand what you are referencing um as someone who has studied anarchy from its roots um i've found that a lot of people who claim to be right wing anarchists don't know anything about anyone prior to the 1990s um that and they may know something about Carl Hess which is a good it's a step in a good direction um, but, you know, even Carl Hess wasn't an anarchist. He he was he was a libertarian. He's one of the founders of the American Libertarian Party, um, you know, and and I happen to really, really like Carl Hess. I think he was one of the, the smartest Americans of, of the 20th century. He was certainly one of the sharpest. Um, but anyhow, so. You know looking back at, at uh, anarchism as a movement uh, from its its early days as a contemporary of marx um and how that that pushed forward throughout history and um you know you you have to actually study anarchism from the beginning to understand it. And then you'll you, will, you will begin to understand that capitalism does not coexist with anarchism in any way, shape or form. They are two very much uh, dichotomous ideologies that, that cannot coexist. Uh, capitalism and, well, I should say, anarchism and free trade can. That's a very different thing. That's a different concept altogether. Uh, and words have meaning. Words have meaning. Just because the nice man from from the blog or uh, his little dinky podcast tells you that you know they they all mean the same thing, and he never graduated from associate level, uh, one hundred level philosophy course, doesn't mean that you know you you get to lecture me on what anarchism is and is not. Um, so please spare me spare me all your little emails. They're gonna go straight to the trash. I don't care. Um, and as far as some of the other people who are who who have uh, sold a lot of books recently, uh, writing about quote unquote anarchism, who appear with Glenn Beck, uh, yeah, no, that guy's full of shit too. Uh, so <laughs> anyway, um, that's that's a wholly different thing from libertarianism, where. You know, minarchism, where you recognize what the foundational principles, that first principle of a coherency of a society actually is. And you have to recognize that. Okay. This is a a legal principle that is taught in the philosophy of law, right? It's a a moral question. Where did the newer, right? The newer, which is a a, a historical tribe, uh, anthropological tribe in Africa, that was studied by the British. How did the newer who had no written law have rules? How, how did this exist? How did their society exist? Right. Because they they were all recognizant of the fact that unified, they, they had certain principles that they, they did not violate. Okay. Anarchism doesn't allow for that. Okay, so you have to understand that. So anyway, uh, now that I'm on a a tangent and I've probably pissed off some folks and I'll get some angry emails tomorrow, which I genuinely don't give a shit about, I want to take an opportunity to point that out again, to dab on them, because I'm educated and if you're an anarchist, you're not, uh, period. So anyway, the anarchists in the United States get their ideology contemporarily from Edward Abbey. Edward Abbey wrote a few novels, but he was an environmentalist activist in the Southwest. Um, He's most famous for the Monkey Wrench Gang, in which he had a series of characters in there who were mostly blue collar, relatable folks. And he wrote it that way because it was a very effective piece of propaganda. Um, It was the ideological foundational work. of earth first and the uh, ELF the earth liberation front which sprang forth from that um and it encouraged different types of sabotage industrial sabotage to prevent development of the southwest um you know and, and it's been cited by a lot of different sources out there right wing a few right wing sources have, have uh, latched on to it for whatever reason, which is kind of bizarre to me. Uh, but the left absolutely did, even uh, leading Earth First to print bumper stickers, which I think they still have for sale. Uh, it's funny that that green anarchists are, are also into selling things to support what they're doing. Anyway, uh, it's just funny to me. But uh, hey Duke lives. All right, hey Duke lives. George Hayduk um was one of the protagonists of of the group he was a vietnam vet uh s f guy vietnam vet and i mean i will say that that uh, the novel is interesting but it is uh and and the characters are very relatable i think that ed Abbey uh wrote a, a quality novel i mean it's it's entertaining to read but understand what you are reading it is a propaganda work that is indoctrinating you into leftist environmentalist activism, right? Which is communism. You know that that is what they are. Okay, you know, no, nobody's running around out here saying, you know, oh, pollute the waters and you know, dump all the things in the ocean and make make the baby turtles choke on plastic or whatever, right? All that shit's propaganda too. So no, but uh, understand that this is their guiding book and this is what they've been taught. And and that the Soviet Union, very interestingly, and this is also from Spetsnaz, by the way, if you, if you read Spetsnaz, for, for those of you who actually pay attention to what I say, if you read Spetsnaz, you will realize that from their origin, the Soviet special operations guys were designed to be saboteurs from the very beginning. That was their actual primary role. They didn't mirror the the uh, stormtrooper tactics, which were uh, pioneered by the, the Germans in World War One, where they break through at one point of the line and go behind the lines and cause all sorts of chaos, right? shooting and looting and, and doing all that cool guy stuff. That's actually not their role. Their role was to sneak in behind the lines, plant explosives and specifically landmines and sneak back out. This was a tactic that they would turn around and they would teach to the North Koreans that they taught in some ways to the Chinese, but the Chinese had their own ideas and. Um, They, uh, which uh, Evans Carlson documented well, and that reflects in uh, the Marine Corps' Light Infantry Task Organization with uh, three-man fire teams, 12-man squads. Uh, So the the Chinese did things quite a bit differently from the Soviets, uh, but they taught it most notably to the Viet Cong, and the Viet Cong used those tactics to very, very good effect so this is something that has been utilized in the united states as well for a very long period of time um j edgar hoover so everybody knows j edgar hoover from uh you know, the founder of the fbi director of the fbi for a long period of time uh a lot of people don't know that the fbi was created as a special investigative task force from the beginning to investigate anarchists, because there was actually a bombing spree against uh, several different political targets in Washington, D.C. And so they were created as a task force to go after them. You know, and of course, history being what it is, and folks can say whatever they want about that, and you're probably not wrong, but at least in the beginning, that is what they were designed to do. Uh, So, you know, Haymarket Square, Uh, A lot of your early labor union stuff, the activism that went into that, there was a lot of bombings, there was a lot of sabotage, because anarchists, and communists as well, but anarchists all draw their ideology, and this is reflected in both Marx and Bakunin's work, by the way, they go all the way back to the Luddites, right? The Luddites, the, the machines that were replacing them, they were replacing specialized labor during the Industrial Revolution. They were sabotaging the machines. And so that's why, uh, you know, the beginning of this show, when it goes up uh, later tonight, for uh, all of you out there to download, and, you know, you do with it what you will, Rage Against the Machine, that's where the name comes from, right? Rage Against the Machine, we use Bulls on Parade as the introduction. That's where it comes from, is you are, you're literally sabotaging the machine right? The raised fist, the worker will not be replaced. You will not replace us. So, um, you know, that, that is kind of a, a, quick and dirty on where, where they're going and why this is a movement that you really need to be taking seriously. This is something I've been sounding the alarm on for a long time now. Uh, this is not something you'll hear talked about on any of the contemporary media outlets, not even the alternative media outlets, because Nobody has the expertise out there that we have in this room. Uh so speaking of expertise, moving down the list, Madman Actual. What's up, brother?
0: You got a stingray on me or something? I just walked in the door. I was just Perfect looking at you. Timing. I Phenomenal. was just looking at you. I was literally <laughs> just looking at timing. you.
1: Phenomenal. Impeccable. The best Um, timing—you won't even believe it. We got the best timing. They tell me all the time. They say, "Scout, how do you have the best timing?" And I tell them, "We have the best timing." You won't even believe it.
0: (laughs) Man, that never gets old. Um, man, I just pulled like a really long day today. Um, yeah, there's a lot of train derailments going on, huh? I was talking about that. on the uh, the bird app for a minute. And I, I saw that thing where they're like, you know, this happens all the time. And I really want to know, like, you mentioned earlier, like, to me, there's a huge difference between a car or two coming off the track. Yeah. Because the, the track just sucks. Because there are horrible train tracks in the U.S. all over the place. Um, and like, yeah, a pile up of train cars cuz the emergency brakes stopped because somebody draped cable over it and made the train engage its uh, emergency brakes <clears throat> that's the shunt or i believe yeah it's been mentioned a couple times i want to know like how many have been catastrophic and how many have been like one or two cars that got to get popped back on the track and i feel like the overwhelming majority are going to be the little one or two cars derailing not uh not trains with chemicals on them that explode and uh yeah the frequency for catastrophic ones is definitely weird i agree with all that
1: yeah you know i do have a subject matter expert who was invited uh, to be in here. And he may be in here. Uh, he may get in here. I doubt it. He's probably working right now. Um, but uh, I've actually got a couple of uh, trained folks. I got One on the East Coast and, and one on the West Coast who are subject matter experts on it. They've been working the railroad for a very long time, uh, both of them. Uh, the two of them together have a lifetime worth of experience doing it so you know i could reach out to them but um and and do back when the the railroad strike was gonna be a thing and was narrowly averted um very narrowly averted you know both of them were talking to me pretty regularly so um i'm i, I am i am fascinated to get their take on it and um you know we'll see
0: but you just brought up the strike that kind of just like light bulb went off in my head. It's interesting that the railways keep coming up like, Oh, we're going to The railways are getting shut down and now they're just like completely falling off the tracks and exploding. And, um, cause that's going to take a long time to get all those cars out of the way. And for that train to get cleaned up and then it's backing up other trains, you know, when it's like one or two cars, it, it probably takes, I mean, I'm not a rail guy, you know, like the most train experience I have is like, the old train garden we had growing up. Uh, yeah. But like, I could see maybe getting, it depends on how bad it is, you know, if like one or two wheels pops off, man, you might just need like a big ass pry bar. As silly as that sounds, same, you know, that concept at least. But if you got cars right. piled up, like just kind of like upside down and everything's jacked up and you got leaking crap all over the place, that's going to take days a week maybe two weeks to clean all that up right and that depends on where it exactly is and how easy you can get equipment back there like yeah i mean it's just interesting that the the idea of not having trains going around the u.s keeps just kind of like every couple months just pops back up in the news
3: well it
1: it's the most critical piece of infrastructure for a lot of reasons that we have. Yeah, it is. I mean, it, 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 people really take the railroad for granted. And, you know, we, there's a lot of reasons. Cause one, most, most industrialized railways are far enough off the beaten path to where they are kind of out of sight, out of mind. And when we see trains, it's kind of an annoyance. Like, if you're not if you're not into trains, that's not your your place of business. It's like ah man, like three o'clock in the morning. Nobody wants to live near the train tracks. Like uh, yeah, hearing a train blowing by, you don't want to hear all that, man. And um, it's kind of out of sight, out of mind. Like when we do encounter trains, it's kind of an inconvenience, and we just don't think about it. We do see trucks all the time right? Every highway you get on, you see trucks, right? They're hauling something. And so that's very present in the minds of everybody. Like we think of uh, truck drivers as being kind of the, the most important critical infrastructure, because that's what we deal with day to day, right? That's what we deal with on, on a day-to-day basis, because we see that. But when you think about the raw tonnage of material that's being moved at any given time, trains are actually way more important I'm not diminishing trucks at all. Cause I know a lot of truckers have uh, had some in the family and um, you know, I had a CDL at one point in time, uh, didn't, didn't do anything with it, but I had it right. Um, Cause big trucks are fun to drive. I'm just tell you, you know, but uh, it's the most critical piece of, of infrastructure that we have. Our economy runs mostly by rail and when you're thinking about, um, you know, industrialized nations of the world, you know, our infrastructure runs by rail, for the most part. You know, even other parts of the world that are, you know, the the uh, lower developed countries, uh, Pakistan, for example, Pakistan, you know, railways are critically important in Pakistan for getting into Northwest Frontier Province. If you don't have uh, uh, rail, people aren't moving back and forth. I mean, Russia, Russia is another one that that railway was critical in the times of the czars and is still critical now. Because you're talking about moving a a huge amount of, of goods, raw material, whatever it is, efficiently, that's really the only way that you can do it, right? And so you're talking about attacking a nation's infrastructure, Rail makes a whole lot of sense, and it's something that gets frequently overlooked. It's overlooked by a lot of people for the reason that I pointed out. It's out of sight, out of mind. You don't really think about it, and if you've never had to deal with the railroad and the railroad has only ever been just kind of an inconvenience to you, you know, just like, man, I wish this train would hurry up and move through so the the, the gates will go up so I can drive across the tracks. Right. Something like that. You you don't think about this. You're removed from it. So um you know, it, it's one of those things that I think that unfortunately when it comes to the national defense structuring and and everything that we have going into it, a lot of people have really kind of put railroads at the back of their minds uh, a lot of our national defense thinkers because railroads been around you know since a uh long time man like early 1800s i, I don't know exactly when railroads themselves were invented because uh, something they really even looked into it but um you know early 1800s all right with you know steam engine locomotives and, and how it's developed since then but the technology the actual technology of a of of an engine pulling several cars on a track hasn't really like the the basic mechanics of it hasn't really changed that much and so people think well like that's not the latest and greatest that's not the sexy cool guy thing we're not gonna dump a whole lot of money into that we're not even really too worried about it Because I just don't think that our national infrastructure... Our national infrastructure is extremely vulnerable anyway. I mean, that much has been proven, right? Over the past week, that much has been proven. But I think that that of all of them, railroads are probably the most vulnerable, and that's being exploited, All right? I just have a feeling. I just have a suspicion could be wrong i hope i'm wrong yeah but you know just saying moving down the list johnny paratrooper hey buddy what up <laughs> <laughs> i knew you, you were know... in a bit to get in here you were texting me earlier today like hey man is it good is that gonna be any of that sun's liberty today. Uh, yeah, yeah. uh yeah
4: you know it is like that as soon as i wake up on thursday i'm like oh man and then i wake up on friday and i'm like oh man why did i do that but uh yeah it'll be all right um you know i'm reading a book actually it's called the world history of warfare and uh it's pretty good it's by um christian christian archer john ferris Holger, Herwig, and Timothy uh, Travers, I think. It's in small print a little hard to read. I'm actually not reading it. I got the audiobook. I do a lot of driving. Um, hard to read and drive. The uh, So um, the rail car is actually, um, credit uh, trains and the rail car is credited with what's made uh, warfare so deadly since um, about the Civil War. Um, the Civil War was the first, the first uh, one of the first wars where where the movement of uh, troops by rail car, troops and equipment by rail car, and combined with um, in industrialized the beginning, the early stages of industrial, uh, the age of industry, where uh, um, you know for the first time in history you could make like two and a half million guns in one year well you know moving two and a half million guns is a lot of work um and then of course uh you can move troops as well and when they get to the uh you know instead of marching hundreds of miles and their feet are worn out and they're exhausted they can actually just get up and go uh and the equipment's not all broken and needs to be maintained and and all that uh world war one is, is uh also credited with um with uh being so deadly because they were able to move such large volumes of uh, artillery shells to the front line. In fact, they built railroads for the front lines to move shells to the uh, cannons, and that's where that's how we got to battles in World War One. Where and there, make no mistake, there were battles in World War One where they would fire one and a half million shells in a week which is crazy and that was just the french actually uh combined i think it was significantly more than that that was just the french in one week in one battle i think it was um battle of the somme but i'm not i i don't recall that was a book i read several several months ago but yeah the and then of course there's moving the raw materials so there's not just move there's not just moving the artillery shells but there's moving the steel to make the shells and there's moving the chemical precursors to make the shells it's just something that can't be done with a truck i mean you could do it with a truck but it it's it's really hard on the trucks and it's it costs a lot of fuel your truckers get tired and You know there's wear and tear on your roads there's wear and tear on the vehicle there's you gotta you gotta keep a fresh set of tires at all times handy it's it's a lot it's a lot um we could probably move everything on trucks if we needed to but we're we're kind of in a national trucker shortage because they recently changed the dot standards but uh yeah there's a lot going on in this country and you know you'd think the secretary of transportation would stop posting selfies of him and his uh, boy wife. I don't know. What do they call it nowadays? I have no idea uh, on oh, boy, on boy. Facebook a trap. and a trap. A, a tra- That's a trap trap today. So um, <laughs> the uh, yeah, man, you know, I remember growing up. A trap house was where Hello. they'd have beautiful women and try to sell you drugs. The the drug dealers yeah. would have good the good looking girl. Now I, I walked into a trap house last week. Woo! Times have changed, man. I got the oh. fuck out of there after a oh. drink or two. But um,
1: That's a different yeah, we got a
4: uh, man. You word, think
1: he'd... It has a different meaning these days. <laughs> yeah, times different. have changed. It's totally different, man. Trap <laughs> trap house trap house used to be, you know, you 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 were gonna have a good time. But, you know. First taste is free. Is like,
5: nah. Now, when you go to a nah, trap's dog. house, <laughs> you find that man pussy. You walk, walk <laughs> him nah. out there real
4: quick and leave. Go back in your
5: car. To,
1: of course, the two kids from the Deuce over here. R- Risky Krisky traps. over here rolling that beautiful bean footage. Oh my <laughs>
4: Get on in here, buddy.
1: Oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> well, hey, we're going to hey, lay down like the, the list. Footage. Risky Krisky. <laughs> What's what's up, airborne? <laughs> oh <sighs> what's oh no, I'm,
5: up, a, man. I'm out here in my in my backyard walking around with nods on drinking beer.
1: Hell yeah. Fuck yeah. It's it's a good night for it. It nice is a warm. really, really good night for it. It was like Oh now it's like 75 degrees today, dude. It was, it was gore, like a little breezy, but it was gorgeous outside.
5: I turned off all of the HVAC, opened the windows up in the house. It was nice.
4: Damn, that is nice. Yeah, we got it some is, goon man. weather up here. It's kind of chilly and rainy. Overcast, low clouds. They're like a couple hundred. It is.
3: It's going to be
1: like big that big here. fog tomorrow. up here, buddy. Yeah, it's, it's going to be like that here tomorrow. This, we we got a little bit of a little bit of something or another rolling in so that's uh, yeah that's why we had the breeze today but uh i broke the old the old k5 out they'll cut me was driving that thing around man the top rolled up on it it was it was great it was great all
0: 35 miles an hour
1: boring. dude you know it, <laughs> it gets you where you want to go you ain't Yo, getting there speed. fast but if it's it gonna gets get a you to B, you
0: that's good enough for me
1: <laughs> i mean it's the turbo helps i'll say that the the turbo helps getting that thing up to speed but it is she's she's a little slow Joe Dolio is going to see it, though. He's he's going to see it when he gets down here in a couple of weeks for the scout course. So a week, actually one week from the day, I think one. Yeah, it is. Yes. Oh, man. Yeah, it, it is, is, baby. Yeah, it is. One week. Wow. It's going to be it's going to be lit, man. The it is, is lit. It's huge. The glass is huge. Like that's it. it it may be – I'm going to have to look. It may be the biggest class that I've ever taught. It may possibly be. The last scout course was the biggest class I ever taught, and I think this one may have it beat. So it's it's definitely going to be – it's going to be a good one, man.
5: All those it's Bale gonna... fan gorillas out there knowing who you are now.
1: Yeah. That's right. That's right. Is right. You know, I think I got but, the wrong I mean, yeah. book.
2: I I got the book by some dude. It's black and white. It's not,
3: uh, <laughs> it's not camouflage. No, no, no. <laughs> we're
1: not. We're not going to talk about that one. We're not. We're not going to talk about that one tonight. We're, just, uh, we're not going to talk about that. That's uh, there's some there's some ongoing litigation. That's uh, in case you didn't know. This is a good time to plug some books. Uh, just i will just say this that when when you are buying a book off amazon if you are looking for the number one best-selling author nc scout the man that is talking to you right now let me tell you something i have only authored one book that is on amazon okay only one only one the gorillas guide to the balfang radio and that is the title to it so if you see any other books that are on there that say something about a balfang and they have a camo cover. And one of them even might use a name that kind of sounds sort of similar to, like, at a passing glance. Like some shit that you would see on the wall at Dollar General that you're like, Man, that maybe might be the real thing, but I'm not so sure. Yeah, yeah, well, just saying. There's only one. There's only one. And, and one of those fake imitations was crowdsourcing. I caught him doing this was crowdsourcing reviews from Italy. I don't even know how the hell you do that because I don't really care enough to know. But I just know that it did. I, I keep up with the numbers on different things. I looked at it and I said, boy, that's odd. That is odd. All coming from one place. Hmm. Hmm. But anyway, just know that uh, I'm not making any statements on it. There is legal action that has been taken and I'll leave it at that. Uh, but in case it, because I have been emailed, I have been emailed by a few people who said, "Hey, uh, what is this that's here?" And I'm like, Mm-mm, "Nah, not me, not me. Don't worry about that." Um, You know, and I mean, by all means, I'm not trying to undercut somebody else. There's a lot of books on Balfein Radio that's on Amazon, like more than I would have expected. Actually, Uh there's a lot of them out there, but you know. There's so many that you don't need to worry about ripping somebody else's material off and just lifting it, uh, whole chunks of it, and putting it into your own book and making your own book look like mine. That's just not, it's distasteful, it's not classy, and and you make me very, very angry when you do that and, you know, things happen. Uh, Just saying. You know, but anyway, not going to get worked up about that. Thank you, Mr. Dolio for, for, uh, getting my blood pressure. Just a <laughs> That's little what bit.
2: I'm here for, man. That's um, what I'm here for. Stirring <laughs> the pot.
1: Stirring the pot. I know, I, I know I sent that link over to you and your, your first reaction was what the fuck? Like, <laughs> listen,
2: the, the certified fraud examiner and me kicked into high gear. I was like, this is what we going to do.
1: <laughs> like, oh, oh no. Oh no. Um, Mm, man, I could uh, uh, yeah I ain't gonna do it I ain't gonna do it I ain't gonna dive into it it's a it's an ongoing thing, but just know that you know every every legal counsel that I have uh referenced or talked to in in the matter is like, oh no that's that's not cool uh so you know it's i think it's pretty much a pretty much a done deal it's just waiting on waiting on Amazon corporate to to do what they're going to do, and then uh, we'll go from there. But uh, anyway, speaking of going from there, now that you've totally derailed my, my train of thought, uh, Patriot Man, last, certainly not least, the, the man who has that Captain America shield out there, the Captain American partisan shield out there, fending off our current... Uh, DDoS attack on Americanpartisan.org that is currently going on. Yeah, God. what's up, brother? God
3: damn, uh, yeah, um, yeah, that's fun. Uh, luckily, we have um, uh, our our hosts and um, what we have on the site is good. But man, we sure are pissing someone off, and uh, it's crazy. It's all coming from. Uh, a data center out of Atlanta. I don't know if we all know what's in Atlanta, but uh, it's not just that. International tax, too, uh, from countries in Europe um, who are not happy with how we're covering certain things. So, um, yeah, yeah. So that's. Um, it's um, it's 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 interesting and it's fun. Um, so far as you can tell, we have been up. We have not been down for anything. Um, the IP addresses they keep trying, but uh, they just it's it's not so much they're trying to bring us down. It's more like, hey, by the way, hi. Um, you know, we we, we know who uh, we know who you are, uh, which we've gotten before and uh, we'll get again. So it's not. I'm not too worried about it. But um, but yeah, you know, it, just going back to what you were talking about with um, you know, you think this is a time where you know you still have your phone but time to kick your gear in order. You know, as you know, I met with I met with some good good people this past weekend, and we got a lot done. Um, got some combo stuff squared away for digital for uh, the radio that that we all run. Uh, we run the the G ninety Zygu G ninety, so we got that squared away, which was good. And then just uh, other little things like you know during the intro i'd finally gotten uh, i probably lost it or didn't come with it but I, I i had the um the slide catch for uh glock 43 that i was installing uh, as the show was opening but um but just that i mean i mean risky's doing it right right now you know walking around just again with nods and a beer because you know train as you fight because it might be that you have a couple in you and uh you know someone comes and knocking i have a specific pouch so, on my gear for the beer Oh, let's see that is you are a man after my own heart but, um, that's, that sounds definitely something I would do um but yeah no otherwise you know I just i echo that keep yourself prepared um not you know you don't, don't get scared just keep watching what's going on and understand um you know basically set yourself some some defcon levels you know if uh if you know some a couple things happen in a row I might take specific actions. Um, and then other times, you know, you can lower it a little bit, but just keep, keep kind of moving on down the road with it.
1: Yeah, for sure, man. For sure. And it's, it's always about just staying engaged. Um, you know, keep, keeping yourself engaged and, and doing new things. Uh, one of the big things is, is just doing new stuff. Getting outside that comfort zone, you know, you get those guys that that are you know all into radio, but they they really can't do anything else. And I mean that that's a useful skill, obviously. Um, you know, I, I know a lot about it, dedicate a lot of time to it, but you know, what else can you do? Um, you know, don't don't be a one trick pony. Uh, it's just not. <laughs> is that you're not bringing your, your maximum effort to the table at that point. You know, you, you do something else. Uh, but anyway, um, going going down the list here, um, you know, trains you fight, and you know, all that stuff, I mean, I, I've been in a lot of fights when I was drunk. I'm just saying, it, you know, there, there was a period of time where, <laughs> there, there was a period of time where it, a, a lot of a lot of fights occurred on my end, and they were usually my fault. Uh, they were usually my fault. I was I, I, I was mea culpa, and all that. Because there was a period of time that I really liked fighting. Uh, not anymore. Not anymore. Um, your nose broke a couple times, and then it's just not as it's not as much fun as it used to be. But uh, anyhow, (laughs) yeah. Anyhow, uh, I want to break into this strange Biden statement uh, that was made today. Of course, Biden was uh, pumped full of whatever uh, that, that makes him lucid enough to give public statements. Of course, he was not at the Super Bowl. Uh, Which I wouldn't know because I didn't watch the Super Bowl. I didn't even know who was playing in the Super Bowl because I don't give a shit. Um, I'm still not quite sure who won the Super Bowl because I don't care. Uh, But (laughs) anyhow, uh, I I do know that he was not there. His wife was there. Uh, He wasn't there because they didn't want to have to mute the crowd noise of, of booing him. Non stop because he's historically unpopular, but anyhow, so they get it, they roll him out there with these uh canned responses, these canned statements where he never really takes any questions, and the ones he does are always you know softball kind of stuff. But uh, today he was giving a speech, and I heard it in passing. I was was getting some other stuff done, and uh, they cut over to him, and I said, I want to hear. I actually do want to hear what Biden has to say about this, because I know that he's going to be full of crap, um, but I didn't think that even by his standards that he was going to tell a lie quite like this one. This was one of those, this, this was a Jesse Smollett level lie, um, i i was i was taken aback but but anyhow i don't have a direct transcript of it in front of me but i do have this right up that usa today of all places so usa today of course the uh the number one name in uh homeless newspaper uh blankets usa today they've written this story up here and uh, of course it was posted up just earlier but uh president joe biden said Thursday that three unidentified flying objects shot down last week over North American airspace were most likely balloons tied to private companies or research institutions, not part of China's surveillance spy balloon operation. So that thing that flew across the United States that the Chinese government admitted was theirs, right? That That everybody in our government Everybody in our defense apparatus, right? The Department of Defense and all the contracting agencies and everything else, right? The whole shebang. We're all like, yeah, that's a Chinese spy device. The one that could have been carrying a payload because they developed this technology and publicly unveiled it in 2017. Yeah, those those balloons. Right, uh, that one last week. In case you all forgot, because there was a Super Bowl between then and now. And I know how people forget things. Right, you forget stuff. Right, happens. But those other three things that we shot down, that NORAD brought down, that triggered no tams. Well, you see, they were just private. They were just private enterprises they were just private companies (laughs) they were just weather balloons they were just research devices right biden delivering his first public address on the mysterious objects amid bipartisan pressure from lawmakers demanding more information defended having the objects shot down even as they pose no direct threat to the united states they violated american airspace okay the last one was here. It was a Chinese surveillance device, right? Nobody doubts that. Nobody in their right fucking mind doubts that. That's what this was. Yeah, three other objects. They're in there. <sighs> we acted. Wait, hold on. Let me, let me see.
5: We've uh, got We've got away. no borders. Why do we even need our own airspace? Come on. It's-
1: there you go. They, well, see, and you're- That's Ford, a fair think- point. We acted, we, we we acted out of abundance of caution,
0: and had so, an opportunity you know,
1: that allowed us to take down these objects safely. Biden said, "There's no evidence that more that more flying objects are in the sky than usual." This is right, so. I'll <laughs> spare you. All all <laughs> that right. does not give me a warning. It warm was fruity. nonsense. It was nonsense. The point is, is that never in the history of NORAD have they ever done what they did last week to the frequency and intensity that they did so one of the the objects was very clearly a chinese weapon right technical surveillance device could be carrying a payload we don't know right we don't know but this thing to say that these these things were run by private companies I mean, if you're going to lie to my face, at least make it believable. This isn't even believable. This is ridiculous. This is beyond ridiculous. This is stupid. Scout, say that. what do you think about
4: how we have the cockpit audio from the interception over Canada and they described it as a cylindrical object with no obvious propulsion system? And then we're told it's, you know, a radio relay marathon to see how many times they can circumnavigate the world. I mean, come on. Like, you don't intercept something with an F-22. And the thing about the, the new fifth-gen fighters, one of the things they have is situational awareness that's built into the helmet. So you don't see the plane when you got the visor down. You can look through the plane. You can zoom in. It's all high def it's all about PID and situational awareness. That's kind of why the helmets are like $500,000 a piece. And they're incorporating this technology into the new tanks and they're going to be bringing it out to the new APCs and, and the striker systems and everything. It's going to be, it's going to be pretty fucking legit. Uh, the next generation battle tanks are going to be really, really good. It's going to be kind of like, um like the Tesla 360 camera system where you can, where when you're, parallel parking or something you can see all the way around you because of the cameras uh do a blended image and give you a 360 view that's what's cool you
1: coo- can do that with with new uh new gm vehicles yeah like, yeah and they uh they have also uh yeah.
4: yeah and uh new the new security cameras have these uh non uh image distorted um distortion corrected 360 fisheye lenses. So if you think you're not in view of a camera, I used to work security at one of the like the top law firms in DC. And it these cameras can definitely see you. And uh and unless you're like standing right underneath it, which is kind of funny. But you can't get underneath it unless you walk past it. So they can see you. Um and you got there's like a little dead spot in the center. But they're gonna get rid of that eventually, and that was many years, that was about five or six years ago. So they've probably already gotten rid of that with a with a software patch um if it's not a um artifact built into the lens of the camera but uh anyway like come on the intercepted by an f-22 he's describing it to them he's definitely not describing a balloon with a radio system under four pounds connected to it the F- the faa is well aware of those things you know they've been doing those things for a long time. That's like a, uh, you know one of the one of the goals that you know radio radio operators do. It's it's kind of like base jumpers. You know, B A S E. You know, uh, bridge antenna structure and earth. You know, and the radio guys they got their own little uh, check uh, short list of things that they'd like to accomplish once you get to a certain level and. And th- this is—I was looking into this a little bit, and it's—it's it's one of those cool guy things that you tr- you try to get the you try to set the high score for. There's no fucking way that an F-22 pilot looked at one of those things, and that was his audio, cockpit audio, and then they shot it down with what, like an eight hundred thousand dollar missile or something? Like, come on, like there's no fucking way, dude. No fucking way. It was one of two things. It was...
5: Oh, y'all ready for this? I don't know if you're ready for it. It was our own CIA. And they are acting... They're trying to trick everybody. They're trying to get people flustered. What's that? We don't know what it is. Whose is it? Whose is it, right? Or it's even more diabolical, and I think it's demons. Oh, Acting like aliens. Maybe the CIA knows about it, too. Yeah.
3: I mean... Maybe well, to 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 to, um JP's point, right? They fired one of the um AIM 9X Sidewinders at it, and I mean, I feel like they have a pretty good track record, particularly if you know they don't do countermeasures. And um, the first one missed, and so like you know, that was just like, all right, well, hold on. And it goes back to JP's point about no obvious um, uh, propulsion method, which obviously, if it was a super obvious one, it, it would um, produce a, uh, a heat signature. But but yeah, I find it hard to believe that those guys misidentified it. The, the most ridiculous explanation I've seen was that, um, I, I I might butcher this a little bit, it was like this Group of kids working with someone who were sending something across the country to like record, and that's what they shot down. And I'm like, pretty sure that's not what it was, because the way they described, it, they're like, yeah, cylindrical. Like we don't know. It was just like when the first UFOs video were, were released, and and the, and the pilots are laughing to each other because the one guy finally was able to track it, and was like, what the hell is that damn thing? It was the same kind of reaction you, you you got from their conversation. So, yeah, he can. So, I mean, you could have came out with, I mean, God, you could. Uh, I could have came out with a better lie than that. Like, hey, oh, man.
4: Yeah. Did you see the article that I posted up about the uh, Fletner machine? Uh, did I? I probably did. So when they described a, a uh, cylinder flying through the air with no obvious sign of propulsion. I mean, a uh, you know a fighter pilot obviously knows what a fucking missile looks like. He knows what a they've obviously been briefed on. You know what a what a Chinese hypersonic glider looks like. You know they're F twenty two pilots. They're, they're they're flying the best aircraft ever made, and. It, and they have perfect situational awareness. That's that. That was the goal of the the design of the aircraft. yes yeah. total dominance by um, absolute situ- situational awareness. When when I heard the description and and the pilot said no obvious uh, method of propulsion, oh. I, I I knew exactly what they were talking about. They're they're talking about the Flettner machine, and it it. I'm, I'm looking for the article uh and i'll repost it for the for the for the people that missed it because it it, it's not that interesting but it, it is fairly new and um man it's it it uses it it flies through the air you can make a cylinder fly through the air by spinning it and it it creates a low and high pressure just the same as any airfoil and um uh it it flies through the air the same way putting a backspin on a golf Should ball. You talk about the Flettner you...
2: rotor sh- rotor sail.
4: Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So that works on an aircraft as well, not just on a ship. Uh, there was a working prototype that I saw on YouTube many years ago, and it um, that video is gone, and it it was like a crop duster full-sized like crop duster sized aircraft and this thing was flying so slowly it looked like it was fake like the video was fake or slowed down or edited somehow and it it it, uh you know resembled the shape of a like a light sport aircraft or a, a you know commercial um commercial crop dusting uh plane but the the wings were these cylinders that spin and man huh. it was crazy how how maneuverable this thing was and um and 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 i mean that's that and as soon as like you know i take the f-22 pilot's word for it no obvious sign of propulsion shaped like a cylinder i i bet you they dropped this thing from a satellite and i, th- I figured they launched it from from a sub or something but that would that would require a lot of would require a lot of fuel to get that thing up in the air and it would uh give away your subs position and everything i bet i bet you they dropped it from a low earth orbit uh mother mothership uh of some type but i'm not sure how fast these things can go they don't seem to be able to go pretty very fast but you could definitely um so the general consensus is that they probably dialed up the um, sensitivity on the on NORAD's tracking systems to see if there was anything else up there, although I am surprised we didn't see a mass grounding of aircraft like we did during 9/11, even though I think this I think what happened last week was like as important as 9/11. Uh, uh, they're kind of sweeping it under the rug, but I think that was a really fucking big deal. The 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 balloon, I would put it on par with with nine yeah, eleven, because I would they've too. yeah. I mean, because I think it, I it's a big deal, and especially if it was um, you know, the the type of electronic warfare weapon that I've uh, heard it was, uh, that would uh that really makes me uncomfortable <sighs> because. That's yeah,
3: super, yeah, yeah, and I get what you're day. saying too, because of, of of you know with with obviously with not if, you know someone lives in the area with 9-11, you know that completely changed you know everything, right? That everything changed in an instant, and it can be argued. I mean, obviously, loss of life, no comparison, but th- this brazen of what they're doing and our response to it, and with this, and not just looking at this event, but it as part of everything else going on. I mean, this, this is going, this is the start of, and Scout, you and I were talking about it. This is, this is the start of something new. This is a paradigm shift, right? This is something yeah. where just like, you know, going from Soviet union collapsing to this period of peace, to this um, to the GWAT, I think this is a start of something all new and it's not as dramatic in the sense of the shock and all of it. But I think it, it, it and to your point, it is the, the, the start of something that's going to shift. And, it, you know, they could be looking back at, you know, in, in the beginning days when the, the Lusitania was, was sunk or, you know, so these events have happened that are dramatic and they've completely changed the course of what comes after. This might be a very subtle start to it. And that's not to say that something more catastrophic could come afterwards, particularly known with what these things are potentially carrying. Um, but but I think, yeah, this is the first salvo in a complete paradigm shift.
1: Yeah, absolutely. It, it absolutely is. man. You know, I don't. So, uh, you know, going back to, to Risky's point uh, about it being uh, CIA, maybe uh, special projects division type deal. um. As far as it being technology that has not been publicly disclosed, yeah, obviously a hundred percent. Uh something along the lines of uh the flattener sale, flattener device, um yeah, I, I mean that that's extremely, extremely valuable. Um and me personally I just know, like, with the the advances that we have in in manufacturing technology, um, but also the fact that Confucius societies, and and Johnny, this is something you've pointed out many, many times over the years. Yes, sir. Confucius societies have have fully engulfed every one of our institutions of higher learning in the United States, right? I was having a conversation with this uh, or about this with a buddy of mine who is a, a SEAL uh, that, that's still active duty. I was talking about this with him this morning. And um, how basically the elite capture has, has hit such a, a deep level of corruption of our higher learning institutions that there is nothing that we are developing now technologically that the Chinese don't already have their hands on. And that's a very scary thing when you think about it um you know and and he was kind of comparing the era of right now to you know the late 1930s uh leading up to world war ii because you know we were both in congruence on the fact that you know world war iii is an inevitability at this point right it's it's yeah you know we ain't avoiding it okay We're, we're on a collision course economically but there's a lot of differences you know when when people make that statement when they say oh you know we're headed towards world war iii and you know all this stuff and, and they kind of make this like this foregone conclusion that that the turnout's going to be the same i got to remind you that there was four years time that that went on in there where it wasn't a surety right and we learned a lot of things the hard way along the way yes we in the did Pacific, you know, in the Pacific, we, we learned that, you know, battleships were not the king. The aircraft carrier was. And we figured that out totally by accident, by the way. That, that wasn't a, uh, that, that wasn't a, you know, the aircraft carrier was the other capital ship of your fleet. Mm-hmm. We kind of thought of them as as everything hinged around the battleship. You know, we didn't really think of um, U-boat tactics, which the, yeah. the Germans were pioneered at sea. We didn't think that that was an honorable way of conducting warfare until we had to. We had yep. to. So we're going to learn a lot of things the very hard way out of this one. And the big we, thing uh,
4: is- as you mentioned, like not only the submarine, but... We didn't invest in a good torpedo until two years into World War II. Like, right. We had a shitty torpedo. It, right. it, it malfunctioned like 70% of the time and was totally yep. fucking useless. Now, I don't know if that was part of the tactic to draw the Japanese in that our torpedoes are duds. No. No. But it, we lost a lot of guys if that was the plan and i mean we lost a lot of ships and a lot of guys if that was the plan and i don't think it was the plan i'm I'm just trying to be the devil's advocate but what it like what it makes you wonder like what holes are in our defense and offense strategy because if we send our soldiers into combat and and you know let's say they've got the new m5 rifle i mean Is maybe i mean is that not that might not be the solution you know
0: no you're not fighting
1: the jungle with that rifle i mean i'm just gonna go on and say it you're you're not that rifle was designed to fight afghanistan that's what they built it for that's what it's that every every piece of equipment that's being fielded right now is designed to fight the last war right um, you yeah know, you could make an argument to say that it was the, the M5 is designed to fight in Ukraine. Okay, you know, I, I would give you that one because there's there's a case to be made for longer range engagements and whatnot. Um, but no, if you're talking about a, a fight in the Pacific or or Southeast Asia, no, um, it's the it wasn't designed for that, and and they're going to figure that out quick, fast, in a hurry. But, uh, you know, I, I beat that one to death. But my point is, the larger point is, is that our manufacturing is not there. Our manufacturing capability is not there. Um, for anybody that thinks, you know, oh, yeah, but we could we could spin it up real fast. With what? With what? Like, all right, so you you don't understand that our steel industry is in the condition that it's in that our munitions making industry is in the condition that it's in. You can't just immediately pull the stuff out of thin air, right? You can't just immediately create a labor force out of nothing, right? And say, oh, hey, all of you are magically going to become uh, shipbuilders and pipe fitters and, you know, steel cutters and everything else. Like, no, it doesn't work that way. It doesn't work that way. And in the United States, we already had a large industrial manufacturing base that had the the technique down pat right to build all the things that we needed we just adjusted what we needed to where we needed to and were able to build things to you know the new things that were built to the specifications that were required of them right but we we didn't have that technology we, or we didn't have to invent that technology literally in 1941. We already had it, right? It was already underway. We already had specialists. We already had a labor force, right? And we, we still had a monumental uphill climb to get to where we got, all right? We don't have any of that. That's what I'm trying to explain to everybody. But the the larger point to, to what I was talking about dealing with the Confucius societies is one of the downfalls of the German military of the Wehrmacht and and the Waffen SS which was the uh, the uh, army of the Nazi party one of the the things that historians pretty much universally agree on regarding them and their their uh, steep decline towards the end of the war is their reliance on uh, wonder weapons or the wunderwaffen as as they called it right wonder weapons and they introduced all of this high technology onto the battlefield without a a uh, coherent plan of how to use it and a lot of this stuff was untested and so they were trying to make up the doctrine as they went along which never works right you you have to figure it out before you use it the reason that world war ii began in europe with the shocking effectiveness of combined arms warfare, which we call, uh, they called then the Blitzkrieg, nowadays we call it combined arms warfare, is the fact that, that they had practiced this, right? Rommel had studied this meticulously and figured it all out. And they figured all of this out by the time the Spanish Civil War broke out. They figured out how they were going to win because they had lost the last war. And so how do we take this new technology, right, the airplane, the tank, right, the radio, how do we take these things, how do we incorporate all of them into a competent strategy for offensive warfare? And it was very, very effective, but by the end, when they began to get put on their heels, now they have to fight a defensive war, they weren't really prepared for that, right? And their manufacturing capability was not able to keep up with the demand, and so they resorted to all this high technology, this untested stuff. And they were creating a new doctrine as they went along. It didn't work. and It wasn't going to work. We picked that all, all that stuff up, right? Operation Paperclip, we picked all that stuff up. If you look at a lot of our technology today, it came out of that. Of course, a lot of the Russian technology, Soviet technology came out of that as well. And... Uh, you're you're fast forwarding a little bit and you know here we are right here we are and when we're very reliant on high technology right I don't think that, that that's really something that we're up uh, trying to debate but all of that high technology is developed where on college campuses and these Confucius societies right that are wholly funded by the Chinese Communist Party are Stealing that technology wholesale from our most advanced institutions, and they're taking it right back to China. This is very, very well documented. By the way, all of the stuff that utilizes uh, all of our uh, our guided munitions, all the stuff that utilizes uh, microchips and, and needs all this high technology for it. Where's all that manufactured? Does know? Taiwan, right?
4: Taiwan, Taiwan, North Korea, Taiwan. Japan. Some in ten percent of it is in the U.S., right? Uh, but most of it's TSMC. Yep.
1: So China takes Taiwan. We kind of put all our eggs in one basket, right? Now I know that Texas Instruments is scrambling, trying to uh, get their manufacturing facility up and running. To try and offset mitigate some of this i get it i wish them well i hope that they can but i feel like that knowing what i know about the industrial sector this isn't gonna work man you you can't just rush into this all right you're rushing to failure is what you're doing so it's Anybody that thinks that, oh, yeah, we're going to go into this. We're going to kick the shit out of them. And and we're just going to win. Hey, you know, I, I got news for you. We fall asleep at the wheel. You look at the conditions of our military. Sally has two mommies. Fucking whatever the fuck else is going on. Right. Can't meet the recruiting quota. I wonder why. You know. You're, you're, you are doing everything in your power to run off your most competent warfighters. It's just a fact. It's just a fact. The facts do not support your feelings. Period. Period. That's no slight to the people who are in, right, right now. But I'm going to tell you something. You know, you really need to look around and and think about this. I mean, we didn't win the last war. We didn't win the last wars, plural. People really need to start thinking about why that is. And the same people are in charge. right? That didn't change. So you think that you're going to be able to take on major world powers? <laughs> I, meanwhile, our southern border is wide open. We haven't done anything to address that we got a political class that's completely unaccountable we got trains seem like they're derailing we're, we're uh, four of them now in as many days I mean you know and and all we can be told is that the the little gay mayor from South Bend Indiana boy well he you know let me tell you he, he just he he says that it's just there's just too many white guys that are in the labor force that that, that must be the problem. Because right? that's their answer every single time.
2: No, he said he was going to come up behind the issue and get balls deep in it.
1: Oh. 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 I couldn't
2: resist. Oh. I, it, was, it was just sitting there waiting to be said.
1: It had to be said. Bringing
2: up traps again.
1: Hey, man. I'll have you know that your, your fellow 82nd Airborne paratrooper to your left he he has spent a lot of time in and around the dc area he's used to uh, many such cases
2: well i'm sorry if i offended patriot man i know he's one of them don't ask don't tell kind of guys but it had to be said
1: patriot man you just gonna let that slide man I guess he See, I,
2: I really did upset him. I mean, I sent him over the edge.
1: <laughs> oh,
4: poor Patriot, man.
5: He's over he's there struggling, playing. pressing mute, unmuting himself, <laughs> just panicking, annoyed, I bet. <laughs> he's,
4: like, he's like, <laughs> damn he's it, I got to close the team.
5: grinder up. Get <laughs> back into radio conference. <laughs> Get off, grinder. What are you doing?
4: <laughs>
1: yeah. Oh, man.
4: He's going to come back in and be <sighs> like, fuck you. <laughs>
1: Nah, see, he's he's just doing that because he he's actually uh, he's gonna show up at your doorstep.
2: <laughs> that is really inadvisable. Yeah. Very
1: inadvisable. Very, quite inadvisable. I mean, you got toxic waste just uh you know right outside your back door that the train dumped off. Right. I mean, come on.
2: <laughs> Not only that, we got all that Canadian uh, trash that jenny on the block the uh your your energy secretary who used to be our governor uh yeah she struck a a deal with canada where they could dump all their trash here in uh metro detroit oh
1: poor jen she jen jennifer granholm she's another one she just disappeared she's
2: a canadian citizen by the way i'll point that out
1: is she really
2: oh yeah oh yeah what she was while she was the governor of Michigan believe it or not what oh this is
1: news to me man
2: she may she may have had to renounce it to become the the energy secretary but when she was the governor of the state of Michigan she was a Canadian citizen we shall become governors of Canada oh absolutely it is it is going to be a province under the warlord of the Great Lakes
5: <laughs> yes
2: yes bro, the I,
4: first american imperium will rise and the first thing we're doing is taking out canada i want to colonize. Canada. You,
1: a whole lot of them would end up just being like you know what we're totally ready we're totally ready to cut cut loose oh uh, i i may is, already have an be element or two
2: inside the uh inside the wire up there
1: so bro, i'm gonna tell you up in up in calgary Like, that that whole area, Calgary, like, Western Canada, they're just done. Like, they're done. Like, nope, nope. This this whole, uh, the whole whole central government of Canada, we're we're done with this shit. Uh, Open country in in the comments is where I'm at. I'm in Calgary. Bro, you know, uh, you know, that's core one territory out there. Like this, that's, uh, that's Canada's Texas. That's the way it was explained to me that, that's, uh, which, yeah, I, I mean, it, and, and there's a good case for that too, man. Um, you know, it's all, it's all ranch country. It's like Montana up there. It's, it's gorgeous. And, uh, you know, Corb Lund as well. You know, if you, you, uh, if, if none of you are familiar with Corb Lund out there, none of you are familiar with Corb Lund, you need to be. Uh, you need to be, he is awesome. That dude is absolutely awesome. But, uh, wow. Jennifer Granholm, that is news to me. I knew she was an idiot. Um, you know, I, I, I remember her when she had her, uh, very brief TV show. She had a TV show that was on for like two episodes and it was on current TV uh, if anybody remembers current TV that was kind of like uh it was Al Gore's version of Vice back in the day uh, Al Gore started it. I don't know I don't know how many people remember that but uh, Jennifer Granholm, she had a she had a, a show on there where she she talked about whatever the fuck uh who knows and of course now she's our energy secretary so that's who we should haul into. The public arena and throw uh, rotten cabbage and and uh, rotten tomatoes and whatnot at for being a complete failure. Um, so there you go, uh, Flint, Michigan. You know you know how uh, 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 Michael Moore jumped out there with Flint, Michigan. Oh, let's let's cry about Flint, Michigan because their water is so bad, right? Yeah, that that all happened on her watch. Like th- these were policies that she put in place that led up to that well the craziest Uh, thing is that
2: that. it was an all democrat flint city council who decided to switch the water source from the safe detroit water to flint river water with pipes that hadn't been used in 30 years how did they think it was going to turn out because they wanted a little (laughs) more money right man what a good
1: idea it was it's like the mayor of uh jackson mississippi who's uh, communist. I mean, literally, he is literally a communist. Um, and he basically said, Hey, you know, I, I I don't know how much it's going to take to fix this water here. I, I think we're just going to need millions of dollars or however much it might've been. It might've been a billion. He might've been asking for a billion and, uh, the, the state of Mississippi brought the army Corps of engineers in and they just reset the pump and cut it back on. Like, <laughs> <laughs> ah, well, that I'll tell you
2: this: that the, the Flint water is perfectly safe. Uh, we, we went and had lunch with my son up there, and uh, of course we had fountain drinks. So I drank the water, and I mean now I don't have to turn on a light when I walk in a room. But Ooh. I feel fine. <laughs> oh, that's funny.
1: Oh, dude! Flint, Michigan, though Flint. I don't know it's every every state has its cities where you're just like nah I ain't going there but it seems like michigan just has a lot of them well, me, here's, here's, a, here,
2: here's a story about that um so back in the day when i worked for target corporate uh, investigations we were doing a a bunch of raids on credit card fraud with the postal inspectors and they were going to be in flint there's a bunch of nigerians living there and and, and all that kind of stuff um we go to do the raids and uh the local postal inspector is like hey hold on man we ain't going over and telling the flint pd what we're doing and uh the one guy was like yeah we got to inform him he goes no you don't tell flint pd nothing man because those houses will all be empty by the time we get there yeah it's kind of a sketchy town it's a sketchy town
1: <laughs> no Crap no way no, i do not believe you sir. I will not have you on my show besmirching <laughs> the honorable police of Flint, Michigan. <laughs>
2: Come on now.
1: <laughs> All the houses will be empty. All the trap houses will be empty because they're running them. Oh man. <sighs> I mean, the same could be said for Detroit, could it not?
2: Oh, absolutely. You never informed DPD of what you were doing. Not once. Mm. And uh, they'd get mad about it. And uh, whether it was the Secret Service or Postal Inspectors, whoever we were working with that week, would tell them, don't care, have a nice day. Maybe if y'all stop stealing everything that's not nailed down and stop shooting people, we we <laughs> cooperate with you. But they don't. <laughs>
1: I mean it's not funny but it's hilarious at the same time oh man it almost kind of sounds like Fayetteville don't it something like it Fayetteville's a horrible I place. yeah I was yeah. expecting one of y'all to jump in
4: what a fucking shithole and I'm from Baltimore and I took a vacation in Baghdad because I I was tired of Baltimore but Fayetteville shithole I would definitely I live- rather go back to Baghdad then live yes, in Fayetteville again I'm I'm not too far from
5: Fayetteville and I haven't been back since I got out in 2010
4: I drove past oh, boy, it once uh on I drove past the 95 and it said you know Fayetteville exit what 56 to like 53 and I was like yeah fuck yeah. that <laughs> it just kept going
5: the only yeah. reason I would go back is if I could take my kids <laughs> uh to like see a jump and let them go watch it
4: yeah. To 82nd week. I mean, 82nd week's cool. And the, the, I mean, not being in it, well, being in, it's all right. Cause you might get to do uh, a world war two jump uh, where you dress in yeah. all the world war two gear. That's kind of neat. And, uh, and then um, you get to do the, uh, you get to show off all the g- different uh, generations of equipment to like the spectators and like all these old like Delta force guys and like, uh, Mac V saw guys are like wandering around with all their Mac V saw gear on. And you're like, that dude's a fucking stud. That's who I want to be when I grow up. <laughs> like, but, uh, yeah. I mean, other than that, like going around picking the leaves off the trees before 82nd week and cutting the grass with a pair of scissors. I mean, that's, you want to talk about some fucking discipline, man. Try doing that for five.
5: Ugh. Yeah, no thanks.
1: Division review. Has... I was, like, I, I was glad I was, I was exempted from that I, I mean,
2: Oh, y'all are lucky. This, but this is why you yeah, be either. an MP. You don't have to put up with any of that horse crap.
4: I was color guard, so I had to do all the Never ceremonies three times before you guys even hit the parade mm. field. I was out there for days before you, you guys hear, hit the field. You want
5: to hear a gross story about a Division Review, a funny one? So
2: yes.
5: for yes. those of you who don't know Division Review... <clears throat> the entire 82nd airborne division comes out on the parade field they'll have you know special guests see. or whatever it is just a dog and pony show and they go overboard with the little things and you repeat it and practice it over and over it's always hot outside and uh it's just horrible people fall down and pass out every time and stab somebody in the leg in front of them and uh so George Bush came when I was here and we're on the day of, we've done a practice and everything, and it's just hot as hell out there. And they have a staging area just behind the trees uh, near the parade field. And they have like a bunch of port-a-johns set up, and the lines are outrageous to get in them. And everyone's been hydrating because they're going to be standing out in the field in this, you know, sun for hours, four hours. I don't know. It felt like four hours. Who the fuck knows how long it was? And um, so I'm waiting, I'm waiting, I'm waiting. They start blowing whistles. All right, everybody, form up. And I'm like, I'm a, gonna piss my pants I'm like I'm going I don't care this guy behind me panicking he's gonna shit himself and he's just like hurry up hurry up!" I'm like I got you guy I got you I pissed all over the seat I pissed all over the toilet paper drenched it I was like Aww. all right you're good he came in there I just heard him screaming and hitting the thing <laughs> and I just laughed and ran off I do not even know who he was <laughs>
2: oh <laughs> he had to go no. the whole division review with that <laughs> for the record Risky Krisky is that guy <laughs> uh, yeah, it's hilarious.
5: <laughs> don't people die that did shit the last second before division review around me. Around oh, me.
1: No. If you don't
5: know me, I'm going f- <laughs> to.
1: Oh, man, dude.
5: Welcome to the event. Oh,
1: I mean, he should have known, No, He should have known. He was, man, that kid, he probably was like, He he probably was like, like 10 days out of fucking jump school like he just showed up at brag freaking me you gonna be mr airborne out there like some like <laughs> everybody probably just shit on this dude nonstop. he probably ain't, ain't went to sleep <laughs> since he got the brag like since he uh, got uh, to his <laughs> unit Then get you know got his balls hazed off, and he's felt like that was the last thing right there that's just set him over the edge.
5: Oh no, it gets better. Probably, I I would imagine he would probably get ball smoked (laughs) off or shitting himself in division (laughs) review. Right? He's that guy, and everyone's smelling it around. Like, what is this guy doing?
1: (laughs) He comes back to formation, and his team (laughs) leader is standing there, and he's like, "Oh, what the fuck." Thomas, did you fucking shit yourself? What the fuck?
5: <laughs> it was horrible. I probably the karma I received on that one. You
1: know,
5: it's not the worst. I've done way worse. Uh, I got, I got a, that.
4: I got a story of a new guy like that. Man, we get this, we get this new guy right, and it's the winter, right? So you know, this guy is about to be a winter ranger. You know what I'm saying? Like we're gonna fuck yeah. this dude's life up. And you know we all get put through it. You know it, it's it's the yeah. rite of passage for the deuce. The yeah. deuce yeah. is known for its hazing. Like we, like you know how the the you know how the some of the fraternities at colleges end up in the news for their it's, hazing. It's the
1: Same thing, man. It's the yeah, same, it's, it's the same thing, but it's it's worse. Oh for yeah, it's, it's worse. It's
4: yeah, it's it's worse because it's like. Like the, the, the frat boys, you know, like they go out drinking and they like beat you up and they make you do like uh backyard boxing and all that stuff. Yeah. We did all that. Like we, we actually were doing it at my house and CID ended up cause at my house over it, but oh, it yeah, got that, swept that's under that's the rugs. GP, but
1: man, that's part of mm-hmm. all you have to do. And I, I say this as somebody who, who may or may not have supervised such activities, um, as the, the ranking NCO that was there. All you have to do is write up a risk assessment and say that it is some sort of formal training. That's all you gotta do. It to was. Like, hey, they're they're boxing, because that's that builds a spree decor and and that's combat skills. And it builds the oh here's here's the one. Here, here's one of those magic bullets. that it builds warrior ethos. And it's like all right Joe we got Joe boxing going
4: on hell yeah it uh well it does and um and you really get to figure out like where you need to put people in the platoon but by you know they probably shouldn't be on an assault team if they're not an aggressive boxer you know um and or uh you're kicked out
5: of weapon squad if you don't go to Sharky's
4: for lunch with us right exactly exactly I'm there. The, yeah, I'm there and 25 I'm cent there. pitchers during work, maybe? No? No? In uniform. Um yeah. I'm there. It, yeah, no, not in uniform. Oh shit, man. They
5: they say, were sending CID buffet, when we were there. Steak
1: buffet and strippers. The buffet. <laughs>
4: I
5: literally went to the buffet, <laughs> yep, with my squad. Dude, in uniform. We went there in uniform. Saying. Just saying,
1: man. Um, steak buffet and strippers. so eating a little bit of prime ribs seeing them titties
5: (laughs) i went back to a recent lunch buffet at a strip club like a year ago and man i think it was just that i was like really young because it was so horrible i just got up and left i didn't do anything of it i was disgusted with myself
1: it's it's not it's it's not what i'm talking about in town with purple
5: letters near the highway
1: yeah Yeah. Yeah. oh i know i know i know exactly where you were right off of 40. Man, right off of 40.
4: Yeah, OnlyFans yeah. really ruined the strip club experience, didn't it?
5: I used to host <laughs> business meetings there with my coworkers. It was hilarious. Man. We just told them we were going to rent out a, a room and we, we just used that as the excuse to keep coming back there. And it was great. We're going to have our business meetings at the strip club.
4: <laughs>
5: <laughs>
4: Oof. Oh, man. man, so so this new guy shows up right and it's it's winter and he's uh it, you know we're, we're like forming up and getting ready to do our live fire or you know our live fire exercises and our training for the day and all that stuff and the new guy's like kind of off in the wood line like shaking his shaking his uh sleeping bag out like a parachute and like peeling what looks like mud off of the inside of his sleeping bag and you know it's like all right you know whatever not a big deal he forms up right a couple of days later we see him doing the same thing again uh later he was too afraid this is what he said in front of the whole platoon after we caught him he was shitting in his sleeping bag and then letting the turds freeze and then flicking them out of the, the nylon off the sleeping bag. Oh, that is such a dirty, fucking private thing
5: to do. Wait,
4: it, it, it's right. like, You're that's like wrong, a man? mentally ill thing. Yes. Bro, that's like yeah, mental illness type right tier in the shit. I'm not making this stuff up. This is, I am not making this up. And so work, he right. gets stood in front of the whole oh, company. No. He gets stood up in front of the whole company, and everyone's like, <laughs> why are you peeling frozen turds out of your sleeping
5: bag in,
4: <laughs> in front of the entire company? 140 private. people.
5: Yeah, just embarrassing. And
4: oh, and no. he's like, he starts to, like, kind of cry and stuff. This guy did not last in the army. He got kicked out.
5: <laughs> he, be-
4: he, no, he got slapped with a, a failure to uh, adapt. Um,
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah, failure to adapt
4: yeah and
1: which you can get hit with within
4: 180 days of getting to your unit they got six months to hit you with a failure to adapt and it's basically like you were never in the army um the army doesn't even want to admit that you were in the army and man this kid was eight crazy eight days a week dude i mean this dude was nuts and uh but he said he was embarrassed to take a shit in front of people he'd never met before and that it was cold wow.
5: out dude i <laughs> people would piss on each other's feet in basic training i think it was funny and laugh <laughs> i remember somebody pissed him and i almost wanted to fight him and we all just started pissing on each other's feet oh we
4: would do naked wrestling in yeah. in basic like greco roman naked
2: <laughs> wrestling
1: that's not something i would
2: do. i don't want to hear any of y'all talking I mean, that's, about marines any, uh, he
3: bounced <laughs> at that at that you, bar in baltimore
2: yeah
5: i
1: gotta tell you guys about my
4: never should have admitted that <laughs> my Guacamole divergent
5: stories sometime
1: bro nah the only the only basic training story that i've got this like good this like that that's good because i really I don't know, I don't really remember a whole lot of that shit, but the only, the only one that was really, really good was these two dudes got into a fight, man. They got into a fight in the barracks. I don't even remember what it was about. One of them took his K-pot, and he hit the other dude square in the face with a K-pot. And I mean, it was like, it was kind of like... um like if if you've ever (laughs) if you've ever this is like i'm I'm laughing at this y'all got me laughing already like this isn't funny but it kind of is uh but if you've ever hit like a small animal on the road with a truck and like heard like that sound like that's that's not funny man you don't you don't like like (laughs) animals and shit but yeah like that that's it's like a liquid sound yeah that's what this dude's face did it was like dude these these two fools were going at it man they were going at it. it was it was like you know they were they were shouting at each other first and then one of them said something and then the other one was they were talking shit back and forth and he grabs this k-pot and he just smacks him in the head, man. It was, like, it was oh. like blood, blood just like sprayed out of this kid's nose. And his oh, eyes God. like his eyes were fucking like deep set. And like started, he started getting the raccoon eyes like immediately. Yeah. <laughs> and, like like his sinuses <laughs> by his nose, like where they, they were filling up with blood this dude was messed up man he was messed up oh and uh, oh man dude we we that was that was early on too that oh man both those guys disappeared like they were gone after that they they were like because the, the one was gone because I me mean, this guy's face smashed in by a k-pot the other one i don't know what they ended up doing with these cats man but they were gone it's like they just disappeared and and Nobody talked about them anymore. It's like, uh, damn. But that—that's like that's that's my my one good story that I remember from from back then, way way back in the day.
5: We had a guy in my company. So basic training companies were huge, and like each platoon was like I don't know, like sixty or seventy people, something like that. So we do this field event and we rucked back and on the way back there was this other guy and he he looked like a little chubby but it wasn't you know basic training everybody looks goofy and um he's like having issues and we're at the clearing barrel you know about to go under like the under like the 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 ground floor if you will of the bays and he just like is stumbling around and they call the drill sergeant over and they're like getting the ice sheets for him y'all know and uh it fried this dude's brain he had a, a 107 core temp
4: and yes sir
5: and he got he went to the hospital he got discharged he came back at graduation and they let him put a drill sergeant hat on and he was fried his brain was fried he was 100 handicapped
4: wow yeah yeah that happened to a kid at my college he um it actually killed his liver and he had to get a uh, Chinese yeah. liver delivered overnight.
1: What? That's what happens when you get oh, that they, money money. Yeah, he, he died in did it. That one from-
4: he died on the football field and it fried his liver at the college I went to. And they had a brand new liver for him within 24 hours. I, I guarantee you it was from China.
1: They harvested that thing from some some Uyghur. A oh,
5: Uyghur? oh, that yeah. college. It, they don't drink yeah. booze,
4: dude. The colleges are corrupt, and it goes way deeper than just the Confucius societies. Because how do how do you get a liver within twenty four hours, man? Like, come on, you
2: know. We like, could
0: get a liver in twenty four hours. The Secret ingredient is a little bit of crime,
2: dude. Yeah, dude, the secret dude, ingredient. Is, is a toe. I can get you a toe. I could think of a few <laughs> Uyghurs we could we could harvest them from. Oh wait, you said Uyghurs. Oh my bad.
4: I mean, I got caught <laughs> digging up some graveyards once, and you know they they knocked it down from necrophilia mm. to grave robbing. I mean, it was oh, pretty. That's sweet.
2: good. That's oh. good. Not the only thing you
5: were robbing. But I stole that White.
4: joke. I don't. I don't. I can't remember when I heard that, but it. I, I think that White. was uh, Anthony Jeselnik, if I remember correctly.
1: <laughs> that, that dude's
4: funny.
5: That dude's a trap.
1: Mm. Jeselnik, come on. Raping the dead is is not I don't know. I got I got a story that a couple people in this room have uh have heard me tell. I'm not gonna tell this one on air though, because I can't. I literally cannot. I've told it in person though. The
5: segue sure did get me interested. Holy sh
1: <laughs> nah, that's, that's, You have my attention. Uh this Mechmedics in here. He's he's heard this story. He's heard the Patriot man's heard this story too. So it, it involves, uh, the, the circumstances leading up to it were quite tragic. Um, but however, a, a friend of mine, a friend of mine that I knew, a Korean dude who he, he, he was one of those guys, man, he was completely burned out. He's completely burned out. Like he's done. And, um, he, he had the, the driest sense of humor that anybody anybody's ever had man and um uh he ooh, ooh. it has to do with a v-bed and uh um yeah it was
3: mm.
1: it was salty i i so that, that's one of the things i'll tell people in class because it's always interesting to see the look that people give you when you tell them that story they're like oh fuck <laughs> that's terrible um but yeah, it's hey man, that's that's life, especially Iraq, especially that period in Iraq. Was, you know, you kind of had to, you, you had to have a certain type of humor there, because that was it was it was just some rough living, man. There's some you get desensitized to certain things, um you know, like picking up headless bodies out of out of a wadi uh that's been waterlogged they've been there for a few days but you know because you're the new guy you and the other new guy you gotta get out scoop them up um you know and i I don't know stuff like that man it's good times it's good times not really not really not really but um anyway anyway with uh just six minutes holy shit six minutes left on the clock we got Mechmatic jumping in here what is up brother
4: uh you know, just uh casually late.
2: <laughs> no, nah, bro, you're early leave. for next week. You're not late. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah. We get the we get a couple of little tech issues uh nailed down and I have some uh some spare time when I just invent more time during the day and uh we can we we make the move over to Rumble and we uh, get some video content up there so that we can live stream over on Rumble and, and uh, get that nailed down. It's been a little bit more difficult of a task than I thought it was going to be. But uh, we'll have more time. Like We're, we're not going to be constrained at that point to you know two hours. We can literally go as long as we want, man, which is going to be pretty sweet. I'm
2: excited for that.
1: Yeah, man.
4: That's going to be a good time. Yeah. We should... Uh... Adjust the time to be a little earlier, and I can stay a little longer.
2: <clears throat> we might well, do not.
4: that, medic. If because uh, I, I so, some days I got to get up at like four, four thirty. So I, that that's one of the reasons why. Uh, that's really, I'm just limited by time. That's all.
1: I'm just limited by. Aren't we all?
3: I'm limited by the technology all, of my time.
1: <laughs> yes. <laughs> <laughs>
3: <laughs>
1: <laughs>
4: that's funny.
1: That's a meme that's going around.
4: Oh, <laughs> I can't Maybe remember what it references.
1: Could be anything. Could be. I, I've seen. I've seen a lot of a lot of obscure movie references the past <laughs> few days. Uh, like somebody, so somebody was earlier today on Twitter was referencing uh, Blade Runner put old old Rutger Hauer up there and I was like you sir are a man of class you you because you know who Rutger Hauer is and that is that is pretty sweet um you you know who this man is the Blade Runner such an interesting movie man it's never saw the new one
3: never saw I heard it was pretty good I need to I I want to see it it's it's on the list
2: well, the good thing about the new one is that they didn't try to remake the old movie right they made it a continuation of the of yeah the movie.
1: yeah i don't know man blade runner just didn't seem it just didn't seem like the kind of movie that that required a sequel or or like a sequel or a continuation to it would kind of detract from it
3: so yeah. i just never yeah, I agree with that um,
5: yeah that's a fair assessment
1: blade runner was it was very much a product of its era too like it was um that whole that whole uh the 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 aesthetic of the early 80s was very much like that doesn't translate to today like you can't you can't take that aesthetic and, and recreate it today. And it's not going to have the same impact, you know, like it, that movie didn't have the cultural, uh, impact that the original blade runner had. Like it just doesn't, it it falls flat. It's like the new star Wars movies. They're just like, it falls flat because star Wars was a cultural phenomena of the 1970s going into the eighties. The, the newer ones they made, like the you know the 2000s ones, the prequels <laughs> they just weren't that great like they they weren't uh, they were not that good and then whatever that shit was they made the past few years
2: uh, bro, it's so you're bad. not a fan
5: of jar jar binks
1: no yeah no <laughs> Who is for real what the no. fuck was that all about i don't even know man
5: i mean i, I mean, did enjoy
4: I, natalie portman
1: you know you know her best role Natalie Portman's best role.
4: God, don't say it.
1: (laughs) No, I'm serious. Her best role. I'm serious. You've got to go watch this movie now when I tell you what it is. Your Highness. Oh, okay. (laughs) Your Highness. You haven't seen it. It's worth watching. It's not a good movie at all. It's an awful movie. It's fucking retarded. She takes her pants off. You see her from behind. She dives into a pool of water. It's awesome. What kind of, What to, year?
5: What time frame are we talking I about? I gotta
2: see this movie.
1: Like two thousand. <laughs> um, it was probably like. Channel mode. know. somebody's playing with the bowfang in the background. I know that. Man. Um,
5: guilty. It was
1: probably Your Highness had to be made in like two thousand eight, two thousand nine because it had danny mcbride dude, i'm in
5: watching it. tonight
1: <clears throat> yeah it, it had danny mcbride in it which you know back when he he was doing the whole eastbound and down thing it had um damian lewis was in it so you know um uh, dude from band of brothers played dick Winters. him and uh you know he was in homeland also so Damien damian lewis was in it um had a couple other famous people in it but you know natalie portman's in it and you totally see you know that that perfect shapely rear end and she's just right there she dives into the water it's it's like this is great
3: yeah i need to watch just, this movie what a now. Great
1: scene. the rest of the movie is worthless i'm telling just telling you that you scene that. Though, i just did it yes. search
5: your highness natalie portman nude on google
1: you found it. Yeah, awesome. yeah you <laughs> skipped
5: <laughs> the whole
4: movie that way. Didn't have to watch. Been doing Jeez. it for
5: a long time. It works every time.
4: I like when they post the little. I like when they save you time and they post the picture zoomed in as well. You know, and you're like, I appreciate that, guys. Thanks. Somebody looking look it out, homie. Good at. Enhance. Well, Enance. yeah, you know, you you're down a hand, you know. So it's like it's nice to not have to use both hands. When you're busy, bro, <laughs> bro, somebody put the
5: whole scene on xvideos.com
1: dot <laughs> Nice. nice. <laughs> X what? It troubles me. Yeah, I've never all, heard of that. It websites. troubles me that you People had the search
2: screen on X videos already up and running.
1: <laughs> 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 he already had it up. He already had it up in the background. Scout with the classics. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> with that said, gentlemen. Last call for alcohol. The bar is officially closed. We are at the two-hour mark. It has been damn good being here with you, partying on at the air. Thank you for making this what it is. God bless all of you. Have a wonderful evening, and we'll be back on the air with you again very, very soon. This is NC Scout, out.